Welcome to Social PR Secrets, the podcast. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Greg Jarbo. Greg wrote the book on YouTube marketing. Actually, he wrote many books. He's also the author of many articles for publications on video marketing. He owns an agency called SEO PR. Another factoid that I love to share is that my very first panel I ever spoke on when it came to integrating SEO and public relations was with Greg Jarbo. It was Search Engine Strategies back in 2007. I'll never forget how comfortable Greg made me feel for my very first speaking gig. Since that time, Greg and I have been fast friends when it comes to all things SEO, PR, and video marketing. This interview with Greg is packed full of wisdom and everything you need to know about video marketing, especially post-COVID-19. Welcome, Greg Jarbo. Greg, how are you? Hey, Lisa, how are you? Great. So back in the day when I first started getting into transitioning from public relations into the whole search marketing world, Greg was one of the first experts that I met who was also in the PR world transitioning or in the SEO world. And um, I've learned a lot from you, Greg, over the years. We've shared panels together. We've, you know, kind of been side by side in a lot of this. And now, you know, we're into this kind of new phase of video that everybody said video was coming. Now video is here. Um, so, Greg, we just give um, kind of your top line credentials. My credentials? Yeah, well, or, you know, you're okay. best-selling author. Number one, start with that. All right. Yeah. So um, I, I've written a book called uh, YouTube and Video Marketing. And I want to let everyone know, uh, don't buy my book. Because uh, the second edition, in other words, it was so popular, they, they actually pu published two editions. The second edition was published back in November of 2011, nine years ago. And do you know how much has changed in nine years? Well, let's put it this way. One of my chapters was obsolete a month after the book was published because YouTube decided to replace insights with YouTube analytics. And so that whole chapter was kaflui. So um, yes, yes, I've been writing about this uh, field for a long time, but uh, what I would really recommend people uh, to sort of recognize is that books can't keep up with the pace of change in video. I once did a study and discovered that YouTube was changing its best practices. About a third of them were changed every year. So within three years, it, you, you might as well have landed from another planet. So the best advice I can give you is get uh, up to the minute, up to the week, up to the month kind of uh, uh, information. And, um, you know, don't assume that you can find all the answers in a book. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk up to the minute now and maybe talk some evergreen stuff, just best practices for, for video. but. Um, so, Greg, right now, what would you say the state of video marketing is in as it relates to um, there was a report that came out for small businesses prior to this new normal of coronavirus. So where do you see the state of video as as it as it stands right now? Well, video was exploding before the current pandemic. Um, small businesses had figured out that this was their new secret weapon. 
uh, and it had grown. I think the data that uh, you, you've uh, you've uh, shared in the report shows that something like two thirds of small businesses uh, were using video. And and you know what? That's only going to go up now. What has happened in the last several weeks is that the need to communicate with your customers is now not just a good practice, it's critical. You want to stay in business, you need to keep those customers coming in. So if you are a small business, let's let's just say you're a restaurant, um, and I've got a number of them uh, near me that have let me know that although they are closed um, because of the shutdown that was ordered by the governor here in Massachusetts, um, they are still able to deliver. And frankly, that's the lifeline that they are on right now. They, they can deliver to your home and that keeps them uh, in business until uh, who knows, months from now, um, maybe we can return to uh, normal. So how do you how do you convey that? Well, you can use email. What I am finding is the savvier ones are realizing that if they put the owner on camera and share it uh, in social media, and that can be Facebook, that can be Instagram, that can be Twitter, that can be YouTube, um, uh, showing people that you know the kitchen's still here, uh, we're still open for business. Here are our new hours. Here is the new um, things that we're doing to make sure that the delivery people, you know, uh, have washed their hands and and uh, we are uh, doing our social distancing best practices. That can keep your business open. There's a, a study that was published on the Boston Globe just a day or two ago that basically said three quarters of restaurants will go out of business. Uh, because of this uh, current crisis. And if you want to be one of the one quarter um, that uh, doesn't, then suddenly communicating with your customers is crucial. It's mission critical. And one of the best ways to do that is um, talking to your smartphone. I mean, this is the technology that it takes these days. You just, you know, you, you want to record a video, there's your camera. Uh, it's not hard. It's not expensive. It's not time consuming. And it's uh, absolutely mission critical. So looking at this from, you know, more of a public relations angle, this is an organic way to get in front of your audience, um, your current audience, meaning your customers or reaching new audiences using video. Um, and both of us, you know, having the background in PR and our audience you know, what we're talking about is, you know, how to leverage video from a public relations standpoint where we're not necessarily having to, to buy an ad and, you know, PR is considered, you know, X times more credible um, than, than anything paid. So, so that's a great point, you know, a way that restaurants can leverage video um, from a PR standpoint to, to, to um, reach their current audiences and talk to them on a daily basis and stay in front of them. Uh, what else are you seeing? Um, you know, how we can leverage video um, from a, just to re directly reach our audiences, whether they're our current customers or whether they're, you know, potential customers that we want to create a relationship with. Well, um, beyond the, you know, we're still open for business some way or another. That's your, basically your first message. The second thing that um, we're seeing, 
particularly here in uh, the Boston area, but I think this is happening all over the country, is um, a number of people are going beyond their typical business plan. In other words, there's a, a, a firm up in New Hampshire that was making um, goalie masks for hockey players. And they are now uh, retooling to uh, create uh, personal protection equipment for nurses. And, you know, was that in the plan? No. Um, um, will uh, that be remembered long after uh, this crisis, uh, hopefully, is in the history books? Yeah. Um, Bauer is the name of the company. And uh, I'm not a hockey player, but boy, I want to sing their praises uh, as much as I can. So uh, again, um, recognize we're all in this boat together. Uh, recognize that um, you know this is the time where you know a little ingenuity, um, uh, a little invention uh, in a crisis, um, not only can keep your business running. Because, by the way, the NHL, the National Hockey League, has shut down for the season. So what was Bauer going to do anyway? Uh, but, um, you know, step into the vacuum that's uh, been created and, and see if there's a way to do your part. You wrote a couple articles, Greg. Those are all great points. Um, recently in Search Engine Journal, why and how SEOs can help companies craft um, coronavirus response videos. So, and also why, why news SEO is crucial to publishers covering the coronavirus pandemic. So can you talk to those points and any others that are related to how, um, what we need to be mindful of when it comes to video in this current pandemic? Sure. Um, uh, I think the step one in the article that I, I, I wrote for um, uh, Search Engine Journal and by the way, um, you know, the interesting thing that Search Engine Journal did is they wrote three different headlines for the article, and those headlines rotate, and it's a way of optimizing the article for different search terms. Um, uh, it's all relevant content, but, you know, uh, do you call it the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, or do you call it the uh, COVID-19 outbreak? You know, the answer is... Uh, guess what? Um, uh, it, that's the same thing by different search terms. So, um, you know, uh, borrow one of those best practices and recognize that uh, this may be a, an opportunity for you to uh, repurpose your uh, uh, content uh, under more than one headline. But uh, one of the uh, pieces of advice was do no harm. I can't tell you how many times, I mean, we've been spending uh, more time than I would normally watching television during this lockdown. Um, and I see uh, commercials for, oh, uh, sandals, for example, saying, come to our beaches and, you know, bring the whole family and have a great time together and eat at our restaurants. And it's like, excuse me, what planet are you on? <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of those commercials too, cringing. Yeah, so my first rule is do no harm. Review what it is that you've got up and running, uh, wherever it is, and say, uh, is, is that message still the right one to deliver uh, in this new environment? 
So, um, you know, consider that first. The second thing you do after making sure that you've done no harm is it's, it's a real simple thing to make a talking head video. In other words, we're doing that sort of here, although there's two talking heads. Um, you know, uh, you can do that with your webcam. You can do that with your smartphone, um, uh, doing basically a video selfie. Um, but, you know, you know, that's step two. That is the bare minimum in a crisis. Communicate. Uh, tell people what it is you're doing. If you haven't figured out what it is, tell them you haven't figured out what it is. But, um, you know, you're working on it and you're going to let people know as soon as you can. Um, that, that's, that's, uh, that's step two. Then step three, and this, again, takes you sort of beyond the uh, initial response, is you can use video to show as well as tell a story. Uh, and I've seen um, uh, a lot of great videos. The one I, I happen to like the best uh, uh, features uh, Gordon Ramsay, who normally is doing uh, cooking videos on YouTube. But uh, one of his uh, most recent videos is entitled Gordon Ramsay Shows You the Proper Way to Wash Your Hands. And think about that. that that's all the video is, is. This is the right way to do it. Now, that's good practice if you're uh, uh, cooking anyway. But boy, is that particularly useful uh, in, in, in the world that we're, we're living in right now. Um, the next step after that um, is, is to... Uh, see if you can create help content. Uh, the people I called out uh, in my article in uh, Search Engine Journal uh, that I thought did the best uh, here, uh, frankly, aren't from the United States. They're from the United Kingdom. And it's a pharmacy chain called Boots, B-O-O-T-S. And last week, they created six videos on Monday, six more videos on Tuesday, or pardon me, Wednesday, and two videos on Friday. So uh, a total of 14 videos in a week. Each one of them uh, addressed a different question that they were being asked. So one of the videos that I showcased was called, Can Antibiotics Kill the Virus? And here's a, a Boots chemist, or what we would call a pharmacist here in the United States, answering the question. Uh, or another one, uh, what should I do? If I start to develop symptoms, and here's uh, what the what the boots chemist uh, or our pharmacist has to say. Amazingly, people like CVS or Walgreens haven't done anything like this in the United States. So I would encourage all your local pharmacies to take a look uh, on YouTube, look for Boots B O O T S U K, um, and there's some great best practices and some really really useful advice. So it's tastefully weaving your story into the trending topic right now, which is across, you know, the globe. No, uh, it's, 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 it's even bigger than that. It's recognizing that right now people are looking for experts. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, some of those experts uh, are, are like Dr. Fauci. And you can see them on CNN or, you know, what, whatever uh, cable uh, channel you, you tune into. But guess what? Some of your experts are the local pharmacist. And, you know, if this is a, a focus on small business, every community has a pharmacist. And, you know, I may not be able to get down there to ask my question, but boy, would I appreciate it if the local pharmacy started answering. Uh, That's a great idea. Yeah. 
I love that. And um, even what we're seeing, you know, we're, we're talking about organic and public relations and, you know, influencer marketing has become such a big part of PR over the past few years. Um, when it comes to the paid side, what we're seeing is that the videos that are, you know, very branded and very commercialized and, you know, contrived versus videos that we're using of, let's just say, very natural, basic, you know, talking from selfie, selfie videos from some of our influencers and then putting those in paid, those are the ones that are outperforming, you know, the high budget types of content and, and real obvious types of ads. So I think the point that I'm trying to kind of bring up to you is that, you know, you don't have to have a huge budget for this. And if you're translating these videos into any type of paid, you're going to get the best return on your investment from some of the very basic, like, you know, very low production, no production costs, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. And and if you need a little inspiration, I've just uh, written a brand new post that's on the uh, SEO PR blog. And uh, one of the examples that I called out uh, literally was just uploaded yesterday. Uh, the title of the video is Budweiser One Team. And um, I, I recommend anybody and everybody check it out because yes, they have a big budget, but here's what they did um, is it's not about them until the very end. Um, it's about how we're all in this together we're all on the same team and uh they suddenly um basically uh talk about uh the giants are no longer uh the name of a football team it's uh the people who are responding um you know the warriors are no longer a basketball team uh they are the people who are on the front lines and uh they talk about how at the end with the way they tie it together with their you know, uh, brand message is to say during this um, crisis, they've worked with um, uh, major league stadia um, uh, around the country to basically say, uh, we're going to pay to keep uh, these places uh, open for the Red Cross so that if people want to donate blood uh, and yet maintain their social distance, you know, uh, we're going to make that happen. Uh, and we're rediverting the money that we would have spent uh, advertising Budweiser on uh, sporting events um, to this uh, effort of uh, um, being able to get blood for the Red Cross during uh, a crisis. So again, it's like, whoa, I, I, I don't normally drink Budweiser, but when the crisis lifts, boy, am I going out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a six pack. Yeah. Um, so those are great points, and we'll look for that. I'll put the link to the blog in, in the comments here on the Facebook Live so people can go right to it, and we'll also put it in the show notes. So, Greg, um, the name of your company is SEO PR, and you were very forward thinking when you um, came up with that name. Um, so, what does SEO PR mean today? Oh, boy, has it mutated. Um, when when we started, uh, we started in early 2003, uh, right after Google News uh, had uh, been launched in beta. It, it still hadn't come out of beta yet. And one of the first things that we noticed is when you do a, a search in Google News, yes, 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 you find news sources. So you'll find, you know, the New York Times, USA Today, 
uh, the Washington Post, CNN, you know, uh, you, you'll, you'll discover what I call the usual suspects. But also in those uh, news results were press releases from Business Wire and PR Newswire and other wire services. And it was like, whoa, time out. If we can optimize a page for Google, what will it take to optimize a press release for Google News? And that's one of the things that we tackled in uh, early 2003, and it worked. It worked for a variety of clients, uh, including some media companies. We did work with the Christian Science Monitor, a daily newspaper back then, um, to promote the fact that one of their reporters, Jill Carroll, had been held hostage in Iraq for 82 days, had been released, was coming home to write an 11-part series on what it was like to be a hostage. And in order to promote that, we optimized a press release. Um, we did work with, uh, uh, you know, other media companies like Consumer Reports um, or uh, Meredith. We, we worked with Better Homes and Gardens and Parents Magazine and Fitness Magazine. So over the years, we've been uh, promoting content. Now, a lot of people thought mm, somewhere around 2013, and I think you wrote an article that talked about the fact that... Uh, uh, Google got explicit in its uh, oh, link scheme guidance and said that if you put a anchor text link in a press release, that was going to be considered a link scheme. That happened in uh, 2013. And at that point, poof, interest in, in this tactic disappeared. Ironically, we were not using the anchor text links to drive search engine rankings so much as we were trying to drive traffic and track it. And we recently just won an award last fall uh, from the US Search Awards for the best use of PR uh, in a search campaign for optimizing a press release for Rutgers University, which was launching a brand new master's in human resource management program uh, and uh, what we were able to do is track the fact that the press release had generated about 11% of the leads for the program. Um, and if you uh, also counted the fact that we took a copy of the optimized press release, put it on the news uh, page on the uh, Rutgers website, and it, using SEO, uh, also generated leads. We, we generated about 27% of the leads for the program using an optimized press release. And that was worth about $380,000 in tuition revenue for the university. And trust me, we did not spend a fraction of, of, of that um, optimizing the press release or uh, optimizing the copy of the press release on the website. So yeah, this stuff still works all these years later. It's just somehow or other it became less popular after uh, people couldn't use it for link spam. Well, I think it was just abused, you know, for the wrong, you know, people were using using the press release and gaming it for the wrong reason where, you know, today, you know, we're, we're you know, on the same page, very much a believer in optimization for all PR content to influence Google, to get found in Google, to get 
quality referring traffic. It might not be a huge quantity of traffic, but the quality is very high when it comes from, um, you know, a well-written journalistic style press release that's been optimized. And, you know, if you're using a paid distribution to get into Google News, even better. And, you know, the stats are there that shows, you know, just tying in uh, images and more importantly, video with that press release. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like how you can leverage video with the press release? Yeah, we actually did uh, an experiment um, with uh, a small business in New Orleans um, called Get City Deals. It's a it's a deal site, a daily deal site, and their customers are, you know, restaurants and shops on Bourbon Street, things like that. And uh, we optimized a series of three releases, one with a video, one with a photo, and one with no multimedia at all. And all three of these releases went out, uh, you know, a week after each other, uh, leading up to Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl, which was being held in New Orleans that year. And um, surprise, surprise, the um, uh, video uh, embedded in a release generated not only more views of the release, that, that's nice, it also then got a higher click-through rate on the links, which, pardon me, uh, is totally unrelated except for the fact that if you inform people and they are interested, they respond. And that ended up winning us a, a best use of PR in a search campaign award back in 2013. So um, yeah, uh, we've done the study, um, uh, adding a video does better than adding a photo, adding a photo does better than nothing at all. Uh, what we currently do as a best practice is we add a video and a photo um, because um, why not? It's, yeah, it, it generates results. Right. I'm not, you know, what wire service you're using, but it does cost more to embed a photo. And then it does cost more on top of that to embed the video. But basically what we tell our clients is that, you know, it, it's mandatory that they embed at least a photo and pay the extra for the photo and ideally for best results to embed the video. Because, I mean, these are, you know, the, the thing that is frustrating to us is that we see oh yeah, approval on spending, you know, 25K on, on social ads this month, but like, no, we don't want to spend $400 more on a press release for the video to be embedded. Well, and, and, and this, is the, this is the key. Up to now, most people see press releases or PR as an expense. And if that's the case, then the wisest policy is to keep your expenses low. I get that. But if you begin measuring your results, not in what did it cost, but uh, did it generate uh, measurable traffic? What percentage of that traffic converted to leads? What percentage of those leads converted into sales? Oh, by the way, how much revenue are we talking about? And that's what we've been doing for our clients. That's the reason why when Rutgers uh, saw the fact that they had generated $380,000 in revenue, in tuition revenue, uh, they didn't question the fact that we spent $5,000 plus dollars, uh, optimizing a press release and uh, a web page. In other words, it, it became actually their best bang for the buck program uh, of all the things that we'd done. So uh, again, you know, sometimes you've got to uh, work on the back end, which is measurement, in order to justify the front end investment.
Yeah. And sometimes it's it's hard to um, to get the client to get a brand from point A to point B to agree to invest in even the back end of, you know, optimizing because they yeah. don't see those immediate results like they do with an ad. Yeah, I, I confess I, I have a special advantage because I actually teach at Rutgers. I teach digital marketing and social media marketing. So um, the dean who approved my program had actually uh, participated in one of our early courses back in uh, 2010. So, so I had I had um, inside help. Yeah, well, that's great. So, Greg, now this time that we're in right now is, you know, similar to the Great Recession and um, the corruptions that we've had. And, you know, public relations is a lot of times the first thing that is not tangible and says, they, you know, the first thing to get cut. So, what is the argument to not cut the budget when it comes to public relations in a time like this? Well, it, it's hard to make that argument when you have to cut, um, let's say, 90% of what you're doing. And, and hotels in Boston, for example, um, uh, aren't um, getting people coming in to um, book a room for the night, and they've seen their revenue drop by 90%. Well guess what, you're going to have to uh, make some very painful uh, cuts in, in that kind of environment. Um, so I, I recognize reality. But it turns out um, that may be temporary. And how temporary depends. It may be a couple of months. Uh, and what you can do uh, in the meantime will determine, um, you know, uh, how you come out of this situation, uh, whether you have gained market share, lost market share, um, business is going to go down. There are always cycles. There are ups, there are downs. You can, sometimes you have to just, you know, deal with that. But uh, the question is, I've seen companies gain market share during the Great Recession. And, you know, if you think about it, that's really what your business objective, even if you're a small business, needs to be in this current um, situation. Uh, again, you know, um, in, in Massachusetts, we're talking about hunkering down until early May. That's what the governor uh, basically has um, just announced yesterday. And, you know, that's that's going to be a couple of months. That's going to take a... Uh, a real whack out of uh, the bottom line of a lot of small businesses. But um, the question is, fine, what happens later? Uh, are you prepared? And and so again, why PR? Boy, uh, just as I demonstrated last year to uh, Rutgers University, it gives you the best bang for your buck. If you've got very little to spend, totally understand, guess what? Um, uh, a very effective public relations program um, can basically get you through the lean times uh, until you can turn on the advertising again. And like you, we started talking about earlier at the beginning is right now, video is the number one way to reach your audience, whether you're a small business or not. You know, you don't have to be a huge have a huge budget to do this. You can just do it through your smartphone and stay engaged with your audience on a regular basis. And Lisa, you are 
best case study I can think of. You're doing it right now. I you didn't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to put this production together, did you? Yes, yes. Don't you see my set? This costs a lot of money. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, doing what I can to leverage and educate and, um, you know, stay in front of my audience and your audience and, you know, the audience that is going to care about this, this content, it's going to make a difference and they're not going to have to pay for it. They're going to get it right now. If they're watching on a Facebook live, if they're listening on a podcast, you know, it's going to come across to them organically. And, and all I can ask on behalf of your viewers is that they give you some um, social media love, you know, uh, sh share this, uh, like it, uh, comment on it. Um, uh, let us know, um, you know, did it give you any ideas that you can use? Um, uh, that's that kind of feedback is really important, particularly as we have to maintain our social distance. Definitely. And, you know, I'll also point out, Greg is a writer for Search Engine Journal. If you have an example of, you know, how you're using video, reach out to either one of us um, and let us know what's working for you so that we can we can know that and, you know, possibly use that in one of our upcoming articles. Absolutely. Working. And also, if you see something that is like a really big fail, share it with us. <laughs> you can learn lessons from other people's failure um, uh, a lot better than if you have to share an example of your own, but we'll, we'll, we'll take whatever you got. Right. Okay. Well, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time and we'll stay in touch um, during this, um, you know, when we're all kind of working from home and waiting for this to, to lift a little bit. So maybe we'll check in with you again next month and see what's going on. Okay, Lisa. Alrighty. Thank you. Ciao. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.